Um, I started not writing it as a book to publish, but I started writing a guide for myself, writing down notes and thoughts of how I would want to present the Seder to my child. Welcome to Beyond the Book Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Wogelinter. Each week, I invite you to take a journey with me to take a look at what happens beyond a range of books and what inspires some of today's great Jewish authors. If you're an author, or if you know an awesome author who would like to come on the show, please reach out to me at info at intentionaljew.com. Speaking about Intentional Jew, this podcast is sponsored by Intentional Jew Podcast Network, the greatest Jewish podcast network creating great Jewish content. We're always updating and adding new content, new shows, so check it out at intentionaljew.com. Today's guest is Reb Levi Felsenthal, of the author of the Amuna Haggadah. We always ask ourselves how to engage our children at the Seder, how to engage ourselves at the Seder. Seder night is always a daunting task. I find that we get so caught up on how to run effective Seder and how to how to do everything that we forget about the goal of the Seder. And that's what I feel like Reb Levi Felsenthal came to fix when he wrote this uh, Amuna Haggadah that he wrote a guide to the Seder, but not just how to explain and darshan each part of the Seder, but how to get us to the ultimate goal of Amuna and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what the Seder is in essence supposed to do. Originally from Passaic, New Jersey, Levin Felsenthal began his studies in Yeshiva Darche Torah in Farakaway, New York. He then continued into Beis Medrash, Zichron Moshe, South Fallsburg, and Yeshiva's Yagdil Torah. He currently lives in Israel with his wife and three children and spends his days learning in Shivas Mir in Yerushalayim. What you'll hear here is the reason that he never really set out to write a book in the first place, but rather a byproduct of how he felt about the Seder night and things, uh, the lessons that he wanted to teach from the Seder. If you want to get in touch with Herblavi, you can email him at emunahagada at gmail.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H. H-A-G-G-A-D-A-H at gmail.com and munahagada at gmail.com Again, thank you to Shui Haber from Mosaic Press who helped me um, get all these guests and just been a pleasure to work with. If you're interested and would like to buy the book, you can purchase it at mosaicapress.com and if you purchase the book on the site, Mosaica and Shui has helped us and given my listeners a special 10% code a 10% off code for any purchase. Just use code BEYOND10 at mosaicapress.com and you can get 10% off your purchase. And now, without further ado, let's welcome Reblavi Felsenthal. So, okay, well then let's well then let's get right into it like that. So you wrote a, obviously, you know, you wrote a safer in, on, and I call it a safer, you can call it a book, but it is in a book format, but it's a, um, it's a book and a safer and a, and a guide, yeah. It's a um, more, uh, maybe almost like a, a guide to the Seder night um, and to the Haggadah. Uh, what's really, what really always speaks to me in these things is that there's obviously a story behind this. Somebody doesn't just wake up and say, I'm going to write a Sefer on Haggadah. And what was the, what were some of the experiences and stories that, um, that led up to this, to this uh, Sefer, to this book? So actually, I never set out to write a Haggadah. Um, or a book, or anything of that matter. Um, 
what happened was is that my oldest child was born. I think it was around when he was born. Um, yeah, he was, when was my oldest child was born, and I wanted. I was thinking Pesach was coming, and I was thinking, um, how am I gonna explain the seder? How am I gonna run the seder to my child? So I was looking really for Haggadah that I would want to use um, to explain and to use for the seder. And then I went to the Svarim store, and there are thousands of Haggadahs. Someone, some people who know Svarim told me that it's one of the most, it's the most written book. If you have to write a book, you're writing it on the Haggadah. So <laughs> I saw thousands of options, and I didn't see anything that spoke to me. So we'll get into what exactly I was missing. So that's why I started writing the book. Um, I started not writing it as a book to publish, but I started writing a guide for myself, writing down notes, and thoughts of how I would want to present the Seder to my child. Um, and I just wrote over over um, Pesach Ben Azmana mainly, over that break, or uh, when my Chavrusa uh, didn't come, maybe I would jot down a few notes around the time when you're involved in the, in the topic. And it just grew and grew and grew. And, and eventually it became, it became a, quite a large file. So I decided to look into maybe not publishing it. But what was I missing? What was I looking for to write? Is that I, I took an informer poll, and I don't think this is just my experience, I think this is a lot of Claudius's experience, that the Seder night became um, basically a night where you go through the Haggadah, but the, what you speak out and what you emphasize is a lot, a lot of Divrei Torah. And my feeling was, is that I didn't want to just say Divrei Torah to my son, Seder night. I wanted to give over the lessons of Amuna and the Hashkacha and the Bitachain, what I thought Pesach was really about. Pesach is about, it's the, it's the, the Ramban and Pashas, but it's the basis of our whole Amuna, you see, right. And that's what we should be focusing on Seder night. We should be focusing on how to clarify in Yoni Amuna and to inspire and to be passionate about the Rebbeinu Shalom and our trust in him. And I felt that Haggadahs get sidetracked a lot of times by very nice Divrei Torah, because Haggadah is, after all, could be Tani even. Um, it's very Kaddish, and there's a lot to say on it. But Seder night specifically, I wanted to give over and clarify in Yoni Amuna. And I, I couldn't find that in other Haggadahs. So that's why I started writing for myself, a way to, a, a guide to how I wanted to say to my children to give over, not get lost in, in, in so to speak, to get lost in the forest and lose the trees. To, to get so stuck in the side parts of the Haggadah that we forget to give over the main message, which is Emuna and Bitachain and the fact that we become Avdei Hashem. And those are really the things I wanted to focus on. So that's how like the Haggadah formulated. Was the was the Haggadah and Seder night important to you growing up? Was that something that you like? You feel that your Emuna and your um, basis for faith was was created on that night? So, so yes and no. My, my growing up, my Seder was run much like the rest of Kali Israel. And there's a reason for that. I'm not, I'm not coming to say that's wrong. I'm just coming to try to maybe change the focus a little bit. But um, my, my Seder was run like um, many other people's. However, my upbringing was um, very much a Kirov upbringing, so to speak. Uh, my father always worked in Kirov whether it be for Isha Taira or for NCSY or running birthright trips. And we used to have people over at Seder, um, not for people even sometimes. And, and growing up, my whole, my whole life experience 
um, at least in my formative, in my beginning years before I entered high school, before I entered yeshiva, was very Kiriv oriented and very emuna and oriented. And I grew up in an Eshatera family. And it was very, very focused on, on, um, a, on a lively Seder. Um, we always, uh, a lot of people played the game with the Makkos and throwing out the, the plastic frogs or whatever right. it is. It was a very interactive Seder. And yeah, I just took a little bit from everywhere. Cool. The, the idea also that there's a format sort of that it's not, um, a Seder night is not necessarily for Divrei Torah, there are other meals on Pesach, but that the format is you pick a goal and then everything in the, everything in the Seder fills and, and works towards that goal of teaching a certain, a lesson, a lesson in Amuna, you can choose your lesson, but that, um, that format is almost what you're, what you're changing. Exactly. Exactly. It's very easy to get sidetracked and Seder night is very precious real estate. It's very limited time, especially um, besides the limited amount of time period, you have to make hot size. But it's also the people's attention spans. You're going to lose your crowd. And to, to get sidetracked with the gematria, while it might be beautiful, I feel is, is missing the potential. Is missing the potential to come out of the Seder, not with just having a nice time, but come out really inspired and really, and really went up to the next level in your amuna, in your bitachayim, and you have a limited time to do that. So it's very important to stay on topic, to prepare, to think about what you're going to say, and to stay focused to, to what you, however, whatever goal you're going to get you, whatever goal you're going to try to reach, you have to stay focused on that goal. I actually just had a funny story with that, that a friend of mine um, in a kollel, we're learning, Dafyemi is learning now, so we're learning about Pesach. And in Dafyemi uh, Kailo, so, so a person told me a very nice Tavartaya, a very nice one. So a friend of mine joked, he said, oh, Levi, you should put it in your Haggadah. So I told him, I said, no, 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 you missed the point. I was like, the whole, not the whole Milo, but one of the main Milo's of my Haggadah is that it's very focused. It's very on topic. I don't have Tavartaya, basically, period, but especially things that are not off topic. So what he said was very nice, but it's very important to stay focused to be prepared, to plan, and and that's what my Haggadah tries to do. That's very important. That's very important. Um, so many times we've been by Sadarim that people are saying a really, really, really good vart, and it gets lost because it's not not necessarily the time for it, and nor does it play into the the massive, the bigger goal, the greater goal here. So it's important to stay on. Um, if that alone is a, is an important message, um, what? What Haggadah has helped you or what, what Svarim or books helped you like inspire this? Um, you know, Amuna is not its own, its own topic, nor is it specific to, sorry, Amuna is its, its own topic, and it, but it's not specific to the Haggadah. So what Svarim helped um, shape your view on Amuna and how to get that into the, the format of the Haggadah? So again, as I said, growing up, um, it was very much a cured household. And that was obviously focused a lot about Amuna, and also to making Yiddishkeit passionate and Kirov with Am- Kirov with Amuna. That's a, that's a new one. <laughs> Maybe I'll take that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so that obviously was a big inspiration. Um, and I've read because I I grew up that way. I've read um, many Svarim and Amuna, the gamut. Of, of the Amuna books. I was very involved in that, especially in high school and Hashkafa and in Yoni Amuna. 
Um, specifically for the Haggadah, so this was always my feeling of what I wanted to give over and be very focused on Inyani Amuna. Um, but the inspiration has also come, obviously, from um, Yitzchel Berkowitz, who is my Rob. Um, I live in Sanhedrin Merchev in Yerushalayim, and he's my Rob, and he gives Shurim on the Haggadah and emphasizes this very point, um, that the point of Seder is the Amuna. And my connection to Berkowitz runs very deep. My father actually was a Talmud of his in Isha Taira, and now he's my Rav. Um, so that was definitely an inspiration. And the Haggadahs I use specifically, um, besides the general Emuna Haggadah um, books and Svarim, were Rematisio Salomon. If I have to recommend the Haggadah in Hebrew, or something I read almost every year, at least every other year, is Rematisio's Haggadah. Um, I just feel that he brings, he, he brings out this very point. While he does have in his Haggadah my Marim and explanations of Inyane, of Inyanim of the Seder, he also, in his Haggadah, in his Biurim of the Haggadah, he stays very, very focused on, let's say, the children and, and how you want to plan your Seder. So he'll say in his Haggadah, let's say, for the, for the Rasha, um, he says that after he says, let's say, it's on the Rasha, but he has there, to your children. Here's the place that you want to speak out um, the concept of reward and punishment to your children. And that I found is very rare in Haggadahs, that you talk to the person, how he's giving it over to his children. What is, how is he going to ex express this to his family? And the concept of reward and punishment is very relevant in Haggadah. Makos is, is from a Lashon of Hakaz, from hitting, is from Einish first. Um, and that, that, that need of yira, of fear, is a, is a very relevant and, and necessary ingredient in Yahadus. And it should be given over in some fashion, maybe not emphasized as much as Abba session, but given over in some fashion in Haggadah. And Ramatisio says in his Haggadah, here is the place, speak out to your children the, the concept of reward and punishment, discuss it with them. Meaning it's not just, his Haggadah is not just a divine Torah. A lot of Agadahs talk about how Seder night is the night of Emuna. It's the night that we try to bring out Emuna and to gain Emuna. But I'll say Dvar and say, oh, so we see from here that Seder night is in Yon Emuna. Matzah is, is the Matzah de Emunus, as the Zaira says. It's the Matzah of Emuna. But Matzah also takes the next step, which is that not just Dvar about Emuna, but no, here talk about Emuna, talk about Tzchar talk about that every action we do, Hashem watches, takes note, and responds, whether that's to reward or to punish. So that was definitely a very um, big inspiration. That's amazing. What, um, in terms of like tips for children, what, what tips have you used or do you have that worked for you uh, when engaging your kids and just using, using the Seder time uh, appropriately? What was something that works for you? So it's actually funny because I'm, I'm very young. And Baruch Hashem, I have parents and I have in-laws. And... Till this year, I never ran a seder. When I put out my haggadah, I never actually ran a seder. It was ironic that here I am giving a guide of how to run a seder, not just different Torah, when I never ran one myself. And then Corona came. And for the first time, I actually ran a seder using my haggadah. Um, and so in the haggadah, I focused, and I found it actually worked um, that, this past year. Is that is that you have to you have to make it active you have to make it a story 
you have to be very descriptive. So in Haggadah, I don't just, by Yachatz or Karpas, we go through the story, we go through how Bubby and Zadi felt in Mitzrayim, how the tears of Bubby, how her, her emotional state, how hard it was to work, what it was like coming home tired and then having nothing to eat except maybe for a little bit of matzah. Making the Seder very real and very relevant in a story fashion um, is one way for your children. Um, in addition, we know that, that children learn in many different ways. So every year I would pick another different, um, another educational tool in how to teach Amuna. So one year it might have been um, the story, making it very, uh, making the making it not just paragraphs in Hebrew, but bringing out the actual story of Sipriyis Mitzrayim. The mitzvah is to tell the story. Just reading the words of God, it's very hard to get that. So I tried to sort of weave the story in between the words. So that was one very important point of Agatha. And then other years, I added other things. One year I was going to the Agatha and I was like, wow, I would love to sing now. It's, it's so inspiring and, and you're such on a high that you would love to take like even a, a contemporary song, just, just any mamun ben munashalim or I know Hashem. So I, so I wove that into Agatha, maybe some suggestions of songs that you could sing that brings out the point that we're talking about. That could, that's a way to give it over to your children. Um, but everyone really has to has to be focused on on their children. Everyone's children are different. Everyone's children learn differently and absorb differently. And what I wrote is just a suggestion. I in fact wrote this in the Haggadah, the, that whatever we say, whatever we said there, it's just a suggestion. But everyone has to think about know have to know their children best. I, I put in there this very popular now, obviously, or Victor Miller style. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To talk about getting emuna from the world around us, the amazing, the amazing planning and diktok, and just the amazing world that Hashem made from us, and just think about the world that should bring you to emuna, as the Rambam says. Um, that happens to be something that me personally, I have a very hard time with. I'm a very big litvak, and <laughs> and and more at home in the brisker Torah, really, um, from my yeshiva upbringing. But, but I felt that it's an important tool for many people. So I put that in there, that if we talk about bread or we talk about wine, let's analyze the amazing thing about wine, about how we take a grape and the process of wine or right. the process of making bread. So that's also a different modality that we use. We try to focus on many different modalities, but everyone really has to do what speaks to their children. Right. You mentioned something interesting that you said you're very young and, and maybe – as young people, we seem, we think that that's a disadvantage to us. But um, I actually think that the seasoned educator who gets up at his seder is more, um, more. He's going. He might stand up and and use it as a lecture and use it as a class because this is how he teaches. This is what he's used to, and he has so much information, so much content. Now um, he wants to get that. He wants to get that out and use his seder as that um, place to be able to do that. But I think that your your young um, vantage point, which you which is is really an advantage here, that a you're you're in it. You've you've spent just last year at your parents and your in laws. You've just been by other people's sadarm. You you're you're living it. You see it. You know what's what's there in other people's houses, and you're alive in the sense you have young children. You're ready to teach, and you're not set in a way of I need to teach this way. You're able to learn, like just this, this, this last thing that you said, I think is awesome, that you're able to take, even though 
naturally you don't go that way, but you're able to take from Rav Vigdor Miller. You're able to take from this Malachim, from Rav Matsyo, and from this, and you're able to put it together and create something um, beautiful. So it's, it's, it's an advantage when it comes to Sadarim because the seasoned, sometimes the seasoned uh, guys are, the seasoned educators have a harder time with this. So that may have been true before I wrote Haggadah, but now I definitely have to, uh, again, <laughs> I want to get through the whole thing. But I, I hear your point, and and actually, um, after I think it's Avodimayinu, we wrote that we wrote that in the in Haggadah that I wrote that in Haggadah that um, that maybe you should stop and think and look around your table and try to gauge the time that you write. We have a whole seder to go through, but maybe maybe go. I, I, I wrote very specifically that you should think about that maybe you should be going faster right now to get to Magid because your children, you might be losing your children, that the focus should not be on what you want to give over oh, as gold. much as how it goes with your child. Um, that you have to gauge your time and gauge what's appropriate for your actual Seder. We have a lot of things that we want to accomplish in life, but it has to be with that goal in mind that right now, Pesach is the main time in, in the Jewish calendar where you're trying to give over Amuna to your child. And that's the goal, and that's what you have to be focused on, more than what you have to say and give over. So you have to adjust, adjust accordingly. And if your children are tired, my children are very young. They're going to be tired by the time that, by the time we get to the middle of Magid. So then you have to adjust that accordingly and maybe go faster through some parts or speak out out of the Mayinu the main points that you want that you decided that you want to give over to your child, because it's all about them. Amazing. Was there? Did you get any good feedback from the book that uh, that gave you, you know, inspiration and motivation to keep on, uh, perhaps doing more and writing more different different subjects, different or or putting in Amuna into different um, places during the Maagal Hashanah during the year? Was there any good feedback from the book? So the feedback has been amazing. It was a, a hard year, obviously, in sales. Um, relative to Corona, the Haggadah sold amazingly. But it came out, I believe in America, you had a period of one week. The swim stores were closed. It came out at the height of Corona in America. And I think you had one week to order it to get to you in time. Um, but the feedback was amazing of the people in Yushalayim and the people in America who actually got, who were able to get their hands on it on time. The feedback was absolutely amazing and inspiring. Whether that will lead me to write other things in Amuna and Haggadah, again, I never set out to, to, to teach Amuna, and I don't think I'm, I'm maybe the right person to teach Amuna. Um, I, I've set out to write a Haggadah for my children. And if I see that need in a different area or am I writing something I think that will be helpful for Klai Yisrael, then yeah, I would probably go for it and write something else. But... Um, that's not really my, my goal. And when Abrich in Yushalayim, I learned um, in the mirror. And it's more like my parents, my mother, my father, they've always been there for Klai Yisrael in different ways. And they just taught me, take a chrayas. And if you see, you see something that could use improving, then you should do it. My immediate goal is just to, I would love to translate this into Hebrew. Because as I said, I think it's unique. It gives a very unique perspective and unique focus, and I would love to translate the Hebrew, so we're looking to do that, looking for sponsors. It's not a cheap project, but um, whether I'm looking to write another book right now, not as of now. Um, this attitude that you that you mentioned, that you grew up in a in a Klal Yisrael-focused, which then became an outreach-focused home, 
And that allowed you the attitude to see a problem and take care of the problem, even if you're not the most qualified to, to answer the issue of Amuna in our generation. But yet, there's a problem, you stood up and you took care of it. I think that's a super important attitude. And I don't necessarily see that all the time with young, as you mentioned, Avrechim in Kolal. I, I believe in their content. I think they have such amazing things to say. Um, maybe why the question is two, twofold, but why aren't they writing as many Svarim? And why aren't these, these Avrechim standing up and taking care of issues that they see? And can you, can you inspire them or have you inspired them? to uh, maybe get over the, the fear of being so young and writing Svarim, because there's a lot of things that Kali Yisrael needs that they, can, that they can achieve. So I just want to begin with this question that just because, that just because I wrote a Sefer, um, for me to say my opinion on Kali Yisrael, I don't feel proper to say that or, or, or right to say that. That's for the G'daylam and for the Mori but I think also the emphasis is, is that the Avrechim are doing what they should be doing, which is helping Klai Yisrael through Limerat Taira. I mentioned that I grew up in a Kiev house in the Klai Yisrael household, but then I moved on to Yeshiva, and where the focus in Darche and Yagdil and Fallsburg is, is obviously on Limerat Taira, and that's the best thing they could be doing for Klai Yisrael. So when there's a need, and an ain ish, is ish, it's possible, and Svarim, I don't think, is our issue. The amount of Svarim coming out of Yushalayim and from Lakewood and the rest of the of Mavrechim is unbelievable, the amount of Svarim being published. But to talk about um, how to help Klai Yisrael, to be focused on that, I'm an Avrech in the mirror, and I'm learning Torah, and I think that's the proper thing, and Torah is the key of And if you have a special skill set to use that for Klai Yisrael, great. But as a, as a general picture, the fact that an Avrich is sitting on Paris HaKadosh and Limit that's amazing use of his time. And the best use of his time. Fascinating. If there's one person that hasn't read your, your book or probably wouldn't read your book, but you could give it to them, you could put it in front of them and have them read it and have them be inspired, uh, what type of person would that be? So, it's actually a great question. Um, and there's something I struggled with writing the book that maybe would answer that question is that, as I said, I grew up in a Kiev household, but I then transferred to yeshiva. Now, the yeshiva way of teaching Amuna and the Kiev way of teaching Amuna are really um, diametrically opposed. There's two pathways to how to teach Amuna. There's, let's say, the Kiev approach asking the question, why does God do good things to bad, to, to bad people and bad things to good people, or whatever it is, and then giving you an answer. And then there's the Kirov approach, there, there's the Yeshiva approach, which is um, maybe said best by Rav Chaim Stein, that he was asked how do you teach Amuna in Chazarim, <laughs> and he said by saying, meaning that if we live with Amuna and just our Mesoira and, and, and learning Torah and growing, growing up, our you naturally will have Amuna. And it doesn't need outside Chizukim and outside questions. And that's a, a very big debate nowadays. And I was very pulled, being that I am like in the middle of these two worlds, in how to present this properly. So you ask like, who would I love to get this book to, the Sefer to that might not pick it up. The answer would be the Yeshiva life. That maybe when they see that Munah Gadol get very scared and very um, wary of what is this person, how is, what's the Mahalach of this person, what's he saying? And that's something I struggled with a lot um, in this. 
I mentioned Ramatisio. Ramatisio and my Shilvelia there, Wachvegel, are very, um, are very um, wary and maybe even against going into yeshivas and to Pesiakoids and having cure seminars, so to speak, um, discussing the Inyane Amuna so blatantly. And that, that's something that concerned me a lot. If I'm putting out a Haggadah on Amuna, how do, I, how do I take those concerns into account? So I was very, very careful in two things. Number one, everything I wrote was looked over um, by many people. And anything I felt was a question, or even maybe a question, I discussed my Rebbe, Yisrael Meir Stern of Dachitayra, and Mavitz um, Berkowitz looked over many, many parts of the book to make sure that I was going out P, Mesoira, and I'll pick the Mesoira that we accepted from our elders from Kai Yisrael. Um, but also, the style that I wrote is very, very different. Because people are very worried about the question, maybe you don't have the answer, I believe, I tried very hard at least in my Haggadah, to never pose a question of, how do we know that Hashem gave us the Torah? While I may have discussed every answer given, or many answers given um, to that question, I never posed it as a question of, how do we know? But rather, let's say in the Haggadah, it says that... Um, that he gave Torah to all of Klai Yisrael, that we discussed how the Rebbeinu Shalom gave us Torah. So I would just point out, wow, the Rebbeinu Shalom gave us Torah to all of Klai Yisrael, to all 600,000 people who were witnesses that no other nation could claim, no other religion could claim that they would have 600,000 witnesses to Matt and Torah, which is what the Chinuch describes in Zakhdama of a Raya to, to Nesina Satayra. But it wasn't done as a question, rather it was done, at, let's say, as a statement. A statement of, wow, it's such an amazing thing that the Rebbeinu Shalom gave us the Torah to 600,000 people. Of course we know that the Rebbeinu Shalom gave us the Torah. As a matter of fact, um, so that style is something that a lot of people were aware of and wouldn't be put off of. And that person, I think, is still gained from the Haggadah and should, shouldn't be so concerned. That's amazing. That's that's a terrific answer, and I love that that understanding of um, how to teach it and how to ask the question. That's that's terrific. Um, thank you very much. I didn't ask like my uh, a signature end question or anything, but I think that this was uh, this was unbelievable and really it really like paints a picture here of uh, what went into it and what went into to writing the safer and and what comes out of it. It's not just about the safer and not just about the book. Um, it's about transforming your your seder and transforming your haggadah and really transforming your relationship with um, with a kaddish baruch Hu and and having this emuna. So that's amazing. Thank you. I just want to point out one more thing. We were talking before about modalities. That seder night, um, with everything that we said, you're supposed to take a supposed to take home something. It's supposed to help you grow. So in haggadah, when we talk about, let's say. The amazing thing that Paroi didn't realize that Moshe Rabbeinu was a Yid and could be the savior of Klai Yisrael, even though his mother, Lechavet, gave birth. We didn't know what happened to her child, and et cetera, et cetera. We discussed in the Haggadah. It's an amazing Ashkacha Pratis. But then we have say, okay, so the Rebbeinu Shalom made Paroi blind to the fact that he is, that the savior of Klai Yisrael was growing up in his very own palace. But don't just end there. It should be a take-home lesson. So we say, so it says there that there's a call-out that says, Next, tomorrow morning, when you say, you say the bracha, that Hashem opens up your eyes, so you should, you should have a different kavana. 
you should have a kavana that Hashem opened your eyes, because we see that from Paroi, and Hashem opens our eyes and it, we, to, to everything, and everything's dependent on the Rebbein Shalom. It shouldn't just be that you go through Seder night with a nice experience, but rather it should be something that propels you forward. Take home, make a Kabbalah, think about what, how is this going to affect me? How am I going to make the Seder to affect me for the rest of the year? And when you go through the Seder, maybe make a small Kabbalah, something that will, something that you could build on and go forward. Amazing. That's a, that's a, that's a terrific approach. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, okay. Very good. Yes, this is very fun. Hopefully many more. Amazing. Okay, thank you very, very much. And it's good speaking to you. All right, thank you for listening. And please be sure to check us out anywhere you get podcasts. And remember to like and subscribe. And when the YouTube channel is up beyond the book, um, you can find us on YouTube. Please like and subscribe and comment. Let me know how the video is going so that we can continue getting you awesome quality. Um, remember that this project is brought to you by intentionaljew.com.